0: Woodstock, 1969, was one of the largest cultural events in history. Drawing an estimated 500,000 people, it was promoted as three days of peace and music. I was there. You're not that old, but you're getting close. It became a symbol of the hippie and counterculture movement. A mere four months later, a concert at Altamont Speedway in California that was fondly referred to as Woodstock West became a crime scene when promoters hired local gang the Hells Angels to run security for the event. Things got out of hand during a performance by the Rolling Stones, and a man was killed in the melee. It signaled the end of the 60s and the peace and love era. 30 years later, original Woodstock founder and creator Michael Lang made an attempt to revive the festival in upstate New York. The result was one of the biggest disasters in music history. There are endless tales of violence, rape, vandalism, and eventually the festival was literally burned to the ground by concertgoers. One band is labeled as the instigators of this meltdown. Limp Biscuit. While it is hard to blame one thing or person for such a mess, the audience was like a bomb waiting to go off, and Limp Biscuit came ready to light the fuse. I look back almost 25 years later, and I still wonder how a band that seemed inconsequential at the time was able to unify thousands of people in such an obscene way. I thought they were a joke, almost in the vein of Weird Al or the Bloodhound Gang. Yet now, as they make an unlikely comeback, I realize that this band had a large fan base who truly loved what they were doing. I'm still not sure I will ever like the music, but I am mesmerized by the story that goes along with it. Today on Hidden Jukebox, that's right, folks, Nookie.
1: Happy Valentine's Day. (laughs) Okay, this is going to require us to like stop and Google like right at the top. But have you heard anything about this upcoming festival? I don't even know where it is, but it features uh, like Hootie and the Blowfish, Gin Blossoms, Goo Goo Dolls, and like every other
0: band in that vein. No, but the, these bands always tour together. Yeah, okay. Like, like we've had this conversation before. Okay. Where it's like if you live in Reno, you're pretty much required to see Matchbox Twenty on their 26th reunion tour. Yeah, that's because fair. Because they go to places like Scranton and Reno, and they will be playing with Sugar Ray, right? Um, this fest is called Hootie Fest, <laughs> the Big Splash.
1: Okay, uh, who who else is playing?
0: Uh, let's see. First off, it's in Cancun, Mexico. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> oh, there's there's <laughs> an event called Hootie Fiesta. <laughs> okay, sure. That's not problematic at all. Um, let's see. Hootie and the Vlo- Blowfish, Cowboy Mouth, Edwin McCain, Gin Blossoms, Everclear, Collective Soul.
1: Everclear Collective Soul. Wow.
0: Goo Goo Dolls, Bare Naked Ladies. Bare Naked Ladies, of course. Yeah, it, yeah, it's it's going to make a big splash.
1: <laughs> okay, so I know what I'm getting you for your birthday. <laughs> a trip to Mexico, I'll take it. No, just just tickets and you figure out the rest.
0: Uh, damn it. <laughs> um let me start by saying that nookie is described by Webster's dictionary as sexual intercourse.
1: Okay, I'm glad you brought this up like right away because I, I've am i got to assume – like, I didn't try and even, like, look into this, but i I've got to assume they started with a different word and then were told you can't say that word on the radio and then they changed it to Nookie. Because Nookie sounds like something, like, your grandma would say, right? like, even in 1999. Uh, like,
0: That's what I was going to say. Right. Do, do people use this word? Have people ever used this word? I think people used this word, like, in the 50s. Yeah. Maybe. But that goes along with what I was saying in the intro about, like, Weird Al or the Bloodhound. Right. P- this band never really wanted to be taken seriously. They weren't writing joke lyrics, but everything about them was kind of like, please don't take us seriously. And even in interviews, they're like, we didn't want to be signed. We didn't we, start the fire. We, no, that's Billy Joel, who I also lump in with Limp Bizkit. <laughs> Limp Bizkit, Billy Joel tour, 2023. Remember, it's coming.
1: That Fred Durst and Billy Joel are going to come out with their dueling pianos.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you ever watch the show The Good Place? Yes. I always thought that the funniest thing from that show, which was sort of an inside joke, not really if you follow football, was there was this lovable, stupid character uh, named Jason Mendoza, who was from Jacksonville, Florida. And every once in a while, there'd be flashbacks of him hanging out with his friends yep. in Jacksonville. <laughs> his and dance the, crew, and, his and dirtbag has, friends. Yes. His <laughs> dirtbag dance crew. And they would consistently for fun throw Molotov cocktails at things
1: that's I say like the the one thing from that show that I repeat to this day is uh anytime I had a problem I threw a Molotov cocktail then I had a different problem
0: (laughs) (laughs) but every time you would throw a Molotov cocktail he would scream Bortles yes after Blake Bortles Blake Bortles the quarterback of, of the Jacksonville Jaguars yes that summed up what Jacksonville was like to me it was kind of like the Florida man thing well Limp Biscuit, I thought were from New York because for some reason Fred Durst wears a red New York Yankees hat all the time which he's not from New York and the Yankees color isn't red I never understood it (laughs) they are from Jacksonville Florida which seems to explain a lot
1: it really does they're like Florida man the band
0: yes that's exactly right
1: Um, Okay, so the thing about this song is, like, when I went back to listen to it, which I had not done in quite a while— um, it's so much dumber than I remembered.
0: <laughs> like, if that's possible,
1: like it, it, it has to be because, they, like, if you think of this as a comedy performance, there were like ten things in the song that made me laugh. If you take it seriously, it's like mildly offensive and stupid. But, but like, there are some genuinely funny moments in this song that I do not know if were intended to be funny
0: from the get go. Because I also hadn't l- listened to this in a long time. He starts with. Check, one, two, one, two.
1: (laughs) Yes, that made me laugh so
0: hard. There's literally an entire Chappelle show bit about how rappers could just like, for an entire track, go, check, one, two, one, two, turn it up in my headphones. It's like, do do you need to leave that in the song? Does that add (laughs) anything at all?
1: Well, it's not even, he wasn't actually checking anything. He just thought like, this is like what rappers do. This is what rappers do. do. Right.
0: Exactly. (laughs) And, And you read down the lyrics and it's like, This sounds like it's written by a 12 year old. Yeah, exactly. It's incredible.
1: Okay, so yeah, so a few a few things. So, uh, yeah, let's start in with these lyrics because it's the the like repeats, like the shoutbacks from the band that are kind of my favorite thing. Because because he you know he says uh, uh, it's burning on my brain,
0: hot. <laughs> I think about the day days.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> it's not just one
1: day; it's multiple days. Yes. Now she's stuck with my homies that she fucked.
0: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> How how does that discussion go in the studio where it's like guys this needs a little bit extra everybody help me out here. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh uh I mean it, it's like it's like they're chumps or something
1: Right but then, then he says like a chump like 800 times <laughs> <laughs>
0: Should I be feeling bad should I be feeling good I'm kind of sad. I'm the laughing stock of the neighborhood. Okay,
1: I want to talk about this line cuz this like there's a lot going on here that we need to unpack because I had a long discussion about this particular line with with my wife Lori this morning <laughs> because my take was how would I know or care if some guy in my neighborhood got dumped? Like, what could I possibly care about less? Like, I'm not going to laugh at that guy. I don't know who that guy is. But then Lori said, no, no, no. No, she had a theory, which is he's not the laughing stock of his neighborhood. It's his ex's neighborhood because he keeps going around, like, hanging out outside her window and crying and saying, please take me back and, like, shouting obscenities and stuff.
0: One thing is definitely clear here you unpacked this lyric a lot more than I did. but
1: well, a lot more than he did, I'm
0: sure. <laughs> well, I remember when I was like eight years old and would like try and write my own lyrics. Uh-huh. I always rhymed good with neighborhood mm-hmm. for some reason. It's like, it, it seems like there's so many better options. And then I, I hear this, I'm like, yeah, that's that's like how 8-year-olds write lyrics.
1: <laughs> now now I'm like my brain is off trying to think if they rhymed good with neighborhood at any point on the first Arcade Fire album cuz they do say neighborhood they a lot. They do say neighborhood a
0: lot. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Um to digress from it and get away from the song, there are so many unbelievable things about this band when you start reading about okay, them. Okay, yeah. The, I wanna hear it? The the, the <laughs> First off, we were talking about how they didn't want to be signed. Like he, Fred Durst literally named the band Limp Biscuit to repel listeners. Uh, Quote, the name is to turn people's heads away. A lot of people pick up the disc and go, Limp Biscuit, oh, they must suck. Those are the people that we don't even want listening to our music. Smart. They were trying to decide between two labels, one called Flip and one called Mojo.
1: (laughs) Okay, I've heard this story.
0: (laughs) They told Flip. The name of the of the label is Flip. The only way they wouldn't sign to Mojo is if their, the band's van flipped over on a drive to Los Angeles. Well, they got in a terrible accident on the way to Los Angeles, and their van rolled over five times. After recovery, they signed to Flip Records.
1: Okay, it was yeah, it was Destined.
0: Uh, un- unbelievable! Despite almost unanimous distaste for everything from the music to the misogyny to the promotion of this group, Interscope Records hired Fred Durst as senior vice president VNR in 1997. Like, like early on in their career,
1: so like didn't they have like a uh, like a mild hit with a cover before this song, Faith,
0: right? They, they also apparently did a cover of something else. Uh, uh,
1: Behind Blue Eyes. No, they did no? they also They did, did do that, they did do that yeah. but
0: they also did a cover of Paul Abdul Straight Up, okay. which I have not listened to and I really should have.
1: I, I can almost imagine like how that would go and it might be kind of good.
0: Also, <laughs> other names that were considered by Durst included Gimp Disco, sure. Split Slit, Bitch Piglet, and my favorite, Blood Fart. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So clearly not wanting to be taken seriously. Right. And yet, now to get back to the song, when you get away from the lyrics, I gotta say, this song goes really hard.
1: Yeah, okay. So there are definitely some things I like about the music. So I think I think the guitar tone, like he's playing like like a baritone guitar or something real tuned way yep. down, it's right? It's
0: a four string baritone guitar.
1: Yeah, they the like buzzy, like super bassy guitar tone is really fun. The riff is good. However, it is literally just the riff from Red Hot Chili Peppers' Suck My Kiss.
0: I, I somewhat agree, somewhat disagree with that, but it's close enough that that they're doing that. Side note, uh, because this entire episode apparently is going to be digressions. One of my employees this week said that one of the only good Red Hot Chili Peppers song is, uh, damn it, what, uh, <laughs> uh... Sir Psycho Sexy? Uh, Danny California. Yeah. Isn't that just Mary Jane's Last Dance by Tom Petty? Yeah,
1: it it hundred percent is. Yeah.
0: So so And
1: it's fine. Like stealing riffs is fine. I have no problem with it. But like I was as I was like being like, Yeah, this is kind of group wait a minute, I've heard this before. Then I listened to Suck My Kiss, which is so good. It, I forgot how good that is. <laughs> it's
0: it, it's unfortunate. I, I'm not a Chili Peppers fan. But Blood Sugar Sex Magic is somehow also one of the best albums ever made.
1: Yeah, it really is. Like you I like every time I go back and listen to a song from that album, I, I think like, oh, this is gonna sound like dated and embarrassing. It does it. It's really good. It,
0: it holds up. Nice work, Rick Rubin. Um so the it like it gets to the chorus and the chorus is super heavy and you can sing along with it really easy and the video is this <laughs> huge crowd of people watching them perform and everybody is just freaking out like j- just going so hard. But
1: are they extras? Probably. I think fe- I felt like they but, were, but
0: they're really good extras yeah. if they are. Uh, like the drums are heavy and and then like. In the rap rock uh, kind of thing that was going on in New Metal at this time, they, of course, have a DJ like many of these bands did. Their DJ is fantastic because their DJ is DJ Lethal from House of Pain. Apparently, okay. he left House of Pain and joined Limp Bizkit.
1: Yeah, that that tracks. I mean, that doesn't surprise me. Um, you know you know what our listeners like, like? I think probably some of our listeners have requested this song maybe going way back. And uh, you know what they're going to say when they see this pop up on their podcast player? It's about fucking time? No, they're going to say, why did it take so long? Why? <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: you haven't just been waiting all morning to say that. You've been waiting for like two months to say that. I guess so, yeah. <laughs>
1: I, I, I had forgotten that line was in the song, too, and I laughed at that also. <laughs> it's really funny.
0: You also said that you forgot that this song has a bridge, and the bridge is like a, a good third of the entire song. It, it goes the, on forever. so
1: forgettable. I could not tell you how it goes now, even though I listened to the song 12 times in the last week.
0: Do you think that Fred Durst kind of sounds like he's about to cry when he's not screaming when he sings?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Yeah, he's got this really weird intonation with his voice where he's kind of whiny and he's singing like this, like somebody just stole his Cheerios.
1: <laughs> I just got dumped again? Again? <laughs> I wonder if this could have something to do with me and my behavior.
0: It's so, so all of this stuff together, again, makes me go, so it feels like it's all a joke. And back when they were quote unquote popular, I felt like, I knew nobody who liked this. And I knew people who liked everything else in this genre, which I kind of put corn in there and uh uh who who's hybrid theory um uh Linkin Park. Lincoln Park. Yeah. And like all of that new metal thing. And they sold 40 million albums, put out 26 singles and were nominated for 4 Grammys. And when they reunited about 3 4 years ago, All of the members came back like the band that is now back together and working on putting out a new album is the exact same band that it was in 1997, which almost never happens with anybody. Sure. Um, This this video on YouTube has one hundred and twenty two million views and uh, Limp Bizkit has one point seven eight million subscribers. They are very popular and feel like they they weren't just polarizing, but like they were just doing things to piss people off. All oh yeah. The time. They were
1: trolls.
0: They were total <laughs> trolls. Everything about them. So I I don't have an answer to this. How were they so popular? How is it that when they announced a reunion, everyone went yes? And I felt like all of these people who I thought hated Limp Bizkit were like Oh man, I can't wait for this. I absolutely love Limp Bizkit.
1: Yeah, do you have an answer to this question? Why did Why it take, did it so, take long? so long? Um that is a good point. Like I was I was going to say like, you know, I, I don't know. Like people like big dumb songs, like uh, that's that's not surprising. And yet, like it's different like, you know, when like for a while like Poison had to play to like, you know, Brett Michaels would play to much much smaller venues than than in the heyday of Poison, right? Right. Um so, like, why didn't the same fate befall Limp Biscuit? And I don't know.
0: Well, that, then he did uh, what was it called, Rock of Love? And all of a sudden, like, everybody who didn't know who Brett Michaels was were like, oh, I got to go see this guy live. Right. I guess I, so. I've been talking recently about how Snoop Dogg has had the ultimate renaissance where like...
1: But he, did he ever even go away? He's had an amazing he, career.
0: He he got down to a few years ago, he came to Seattle and played Showbox Soto, which holds about 1,800 people. Okay, He probably sold it out, but it was kind of like a nostalgia show. Well, he still does a nostalgia show, but, you know, he... Did a cooking show with Martha Stewart, mm-hmm. and now all of these 50-, 60-something-year-old women are like, oh, Snoop. I love Snoop. And he like has a really great Instagram page and all these I'm people. i sure. And, and now he comes he was, here. He was
1: on Celebrity Wheel of Fortune.
0: And now he comes here, and he's playing Tacoma Dome to 20,000 people. So, yes, I think he had a renaissance. Okay. It's, yeah, that's It's fair. pretty amazing. Um Limp Biscuit never did the reunion tour because I think that they all realize that they're too old to play 60 shows in a year or whatever. But part of that reunion tour was supposed to be a show at Madison Square Garden which is the big arena in New York City and holds 20,000 people. Thanks, 20, thanks for explaining people.
1: what Madison Square Garden is.
0: You, you know, you make assumptions. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe people don't even know who Snoop Dogg is. Maybe I'm being presumptuous yeah, about people that, people listening to this podcast
1: don't know who Snoop
0: Dogg is.
1: I don't know. I'm <laughs> ju- you, you don't know who Snoop Dogg is? Uh, Let me tell you. <laughs>
0: uh, I'm talking about Snoop. I'm talking about some Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> um, I... I Again, I digress here. But I mean, to
1: be fair, I forgot about Trey. So, uh,
0: Motherfuckers act like they forgot about <laughs> Trey. Uh, there, There is an Instagram page called There I Ruined It that has become my favorite Instagram page. And it's somebody who takes – sometimes he does mashups. Sometimes he just takes one song puts it into Pro Tools or something, and edits it to make it absolutely hilarious. Yes,
1: I, I am familiar with this. I and remember this. One,
0: one of the things he's done is like 30 seconds of Snoop Dogg saying his own name in yes. songs, and it's fucking brilliant. It is absolutely amazing. No, Nobody doesn't know who Snoop Doggy Dogg is.
1: <laughs> okay wait there's there's one more lyric that we need to talk about, which is that he reused the phrase tender hard in a blender from a song that came out the previous year. How did you
0: even find that i I saw that in here, and I'm like, what song
1: How-? it's it's the eve six song you know want to put my tender hard in a blender, watch it spin around. In- <laughs> In a beautiful oblivion. You
0: you can expect everybody to know what Madison Square Garden is, (laughs) and you can expect everybody to know who Snoop Dogg is, but you cannot expect everybody to know Eve 6 lyrics. Okay,
1: but we should do that song, because that song is good, and it's a total 90s one-hit wonder. Oh,
0: God. (laughs) I just remember how cringeworthy it was. like, like
1: You know, I listened back to it. It's not as bad as you think it is. Like, the verse melody is really strong. <laughs> it's, like, it is dorky, but... I
0: don't know why I lumped that in with, like, Seven Mary Three cumbersome. But but it's, like, same sort of one-hit wonder... It's
1: not as plodding as cumbersome.
0: That is definitely a plodding song.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, so... um Anything else? Oh, the other thing I was going to mention about their big comeback is Fred Durst, for some reason, decided that he wants to dress like an old man now.
1: Yes, which I I am here for that.
0: It's amazing. He looks incredible. It, It also goes along with the word joke thing, and it works really well. And the funniest part is that Wes Borland is still dressing with his, like, fake contacts in and like yep. his weird outfits that he was doing. So there's like even more of a contrast between them than before. And it makes it even funnier. It works so well.
1: Is Wes Borland his real name? Because that's such a cool rock guy name. I
0: I don't know. Let's see.
1: Yeah. Look, ch- check his Wikipedia.
0: Wesley Loudon Borland.
1: Loudon. Wow. Yes. He, he had no choice. He had to go into the family business of rocking.
0: Why didn't he go for Wesley Loudon? Yeah, but now
1: Wes Borland just sounds kind of aggro.
0: He is a great guitar player. And and he looks really normal when he's not wearing all of the weird shit that he likes to wear on stage.
1: Yeah, you think like when uh, everyone started wearing masks, he was like, finally.
0: (laughs) Or he was like... Well now it's not even cool anymore yeah, man.
1: I got to come up with something new. I'm he, too old for this shit.
0: He was an anti-masker but for different reasons <laughs> from all the other anti-maskers. <laughs> what man, you don't believe in the pandemic? No, I totally do. I just don't want to be a follower like the rest of you sheep. <laughs> Run stealing my bit. <laughs> uh, I should have worn West Borland masks.
1: I've one one other question that you may not may or may not know the answer to before we get to what we're listening to. Did Limp Biscuit's evolve with later albums in any
0: way that would involve me listening to <laughs> i
1: didn't think you would know la- <laughs> later
0: albums i mean i mean they put out so they put out three dollar bill all which uh i did find out is basically a reference to gay people because apparently they were extremely homophobic or oh, at least uh, at least what a shock fred durst was um so they put out that in ninety seven, this album significant other in ninety nine.
1: I Cho- can't believe we got through this without saying the name of the following album.
0: Chocolate starfish and the hot dog flavored water, right. which the way they came up with the name it is basically as dumb as it sounds, yeah. where they're like, Oh, well, chocolate starfish, that's funny, and then they were at like a fair or something and they're like, hot dog flavored water, got it. <laughs>
1: Let's I can't believe they didn't put in like three or four more things and make it like <laughs> Um, like a fiona apple album title (laughs) uh
0: and then they had three more albums results may may vary in 2003 gold cobra in 2011 and then just to finalize the whole they do not take themselves seriously their album that they put out in 2021 is called still sucks okay yep makes sense (laughs) Gold Cobra,
1: kind of a good album title.
0: Kind of good. Good good band name. Like, yeah. I don't know what it means or who came up with it, but it's uh, better than chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavored water. Oh, you think? Uh, just a little bit.
1: All right. What are you listening to?
0: Okay. So I've got three completely different things here, uh, which should show just how off the wall my tastes are. Um, First off, a band that I somehow heard on KAXP, even though they are so not middle-of-the-day KAXP material, Black MIDI, Mm -hmm. uh, they have, I think, three albums, and their most recent is called Hellfire. It was released in July of last year. They're from London, and they're labeled as math rock in Prague, but... They are like Zappa and Captain Beefheart in like the best way possible. Their okay. music is wild. Even their like ballads are like, what the hell is going on? The lyrics, the like their choice of instrumentation. I think this album has like thirty different instrumentalists on it. It's amazing. <laughs> the sound of animals fighting apeshit. I listen to this. This is so good. It is, it is metal music it's it's like heavy heavy rock music and they're a super group of admittedly bands i've never heard of
1: yeah i i love that like wherever when when the uh the new pornographers first came out and were described as a super group and you're <laughs> because like, they had a guy from destroyer and a guy from zumpano and and
0: nico, case, and nico case but nobody knew who nico case was yet unless you were canadian um this band released three albums in the 2000s, then disappeared. And then all of a sudden, a couple of months ago, released the CP. And it's like melodic, but it's also heavy. It is really, really great.
1: Yeah, the, the riffs are fantastic.
0: And finally, uh, another pseudo super group called Planes, their album, that's P-L-A-I-N-S. I Walked With You A Ways. It's a collaboration between Jess Williamson and Katie Crutchfield, more commonly known as Waxahachie. Definitely not my normal style of listening, but I love Katie Crutchfield's voice. Yeah, she's great so much. I talk all the time on this podcast about unique voices where you don't necessarily know the song, but you know who it is immediately. When I heard "Planes," I figured it was Waxahachie because I recognized her instantly, and it's really great harmonies and great songwriting. Yeah. You, sir.
1: Okay. Um, I'm, I'm going to be kind of all over the place here. Um, I'm still listening to Blue Rev by Always pretty much every day. I think it was my favorite album of last year. Would I think, you
0: say that you always listen to this album?
1: Yeah. They did a great performance on, uh, on The Tonight Show. Uh, I think Belinda Says is one of the great songs of all time. Uh, I realize also Pitchfork put it at number one, and so it's embarrassing to say that, <laughs> but it <laughs> – it's just like a fucking amazing piece of storytelling and melody, and like it's a perfect song.
0: Sorry to interrupt. I I love how it used to be uh, that Pitchfork had to disagree with everybody in order to be cool and edgy, and now everybody has to disagree with Pitchfork in order to be cool and edgy. Yeah,
1: sure. Yep. Uh, but they're right about that one. Uh, Bell and Sebastian have a new album, Late Developers, which uh, I love a surprise album drop. They they announced it like three days before it came out. It is all over the place genre-wise, um, but uh, it's uh, there are some really good songs on there.
0: I, I definitely like the album that they put out, what was it, six months ago? Mm-hmm. A little bit better. I think so, too. More classic Bell and Sebastian, but I did listen to this, and it's great, and- Surprise music from a band that's been around for what twenty five years?
1: Yeah, that's about right. It, it,
0: it, that's unique and uh, and kind of goes out of their box is is always fantastic.
1: Yeah. Um, and you know what I thought of at the last minute? Actually, a couple things. So first of all, I was listening to um, the uh, the most recent Joyce Manor album, uh, 40 Ounces to Fresno, which came out last year, which is a fantastic record. Where did they and
0: come up with that title?
1: Did not realize um, until this week that the first song on that album, Souvenir, is an OMD cover. And I listened to the original OMD song, which I don't think I'd ever heard. And is so good. Like, both versions are so good. So, OMD, Souvenir from 1981.
0: 1981. I'm mm-hmm. like, how old is that song?
1: Yeah, it's great. And uh, another band from Jacksonville, Florida, <laughs> Yellow Card. Um <laughs> Yellow card. <laughs> so a, a friend of mine mentioned mentioned to me that uh, that he was really grooving on like a, you know, early, uh, like, you know, 2010s yellow card album. And
0: I put it on like, man, yellow card is so good. <laughs> It it's definitely up your out, yeah. out, like like pop power punk.
1: It is like Yellow Card is like if you told like like a really good AI like write me a pop punk song, it would be Yellow Card. Like they just do <laughs> they don't do anything weird but they do everything right.
0: Yeah, yeah, they I mean they were a really good band. Yeah. Uh and also you say they're from Jacksonville and for some reason that also doesn't surprise me in the yep. slightest.
1: All right, so, uh, so that's what I got. Like a song, a song from 1981, and a band from 2005.
0: <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're finding new things to listen to.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'll be, I'll be uh, listening to some mu- new music in the next month, hopefully.
0: <laughs> so you can find us on the web at hiddenjukebox.com, Facebook.com/slash hiddenjukebox, Instagram.com/slash jukebox hidden. On all of your favorite podcasting platforms, as always, tell your friends to listen. Uh, Force
1: your friends to listen
0: At gunpoint, if necessary necessary. We live in the United States, it's really easy Uh, Until next time, I'm Jake Amster
1: And I'm Matthew Amster Burton Why?